0: This week's episode of Aussie Tech is brought to you by Start New Company. Register your company immediately today with ASIC. ABN, TFN, GST registration is also available directly from the portal. Also, set up your family trust and self managed superannuation fund and more. All at startnewcompany.com.au. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash startnewco and keep an eye out for our regular specials. Start your new company now within 10 minutes of lodgement. All legal company documentation provided after registration. Startnewcompany.com.au. brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au all our servers are operating on ssd drives immediate activation ssl certificates aussie support domain registration and more easy install wordpress joomla drupal and 300 other one-click installations generous space and bandwidth auto backups wordpress help and maintenance plans are also available on contact if your webpage is important for your business or your life contact us today aussie support secure services athwebhosting.com.au and now for the show Welcome to episode seven hundred and nine of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on twenty first of January, twenty twenty one. I'm your host Jason Oakley. This is my co-host Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. What's
1: up, dude? with the ceiling. Bunch of lights. Yeah, a heap of lights and very bright lights. A fan. <laughs> fan. The temperature. I'm a big up fan. The temperature is also up. Yes. Mm. Not for me, just for you. I just got a little fan going. You probably... Actually, oh, your ACs are still broken. Probably, it's actually got it? hotter in the last half an hour. It was <laughs> it was 27 when I first came in here. It is now 28. Ah. It's <laughs> just too hot, mate. You're putting off all this heat energy. Uh, it's like, all the stress and... <laughs> perspiration. You got most of your stuff from your storm damage sorted now? Um... The windows, the windows have all been measured and they're being built at the moment. So yep. next couple of weeks, hopefully they'll all go in. That'll be the bulk of the issues. So there's still a few, got all the solar stuff done. So that's good. We're not going to have, well, this will be the last power bill after this. We'll be back in credit again. Sweet. Um, and there's a few other little bits and pieces, but they'll, you know, got to get the guttering done, but that's not a huge deal. that can wait. So, yeah. And your little fella's nearly ready for school? Yeah, he starts prep on, uh, is it Monday? Yeah. Uh, I saw the photo. Wednesday, Wednesday sorry, Monday yeah. student free. Monday student free and Tuesday's the public holiday. So, <laughs> but yeah, so he starts on Wednesday and uh, yeah, got him all his uniform and he looks like a real kidney. I don't know how that when that happened, but <laughs> they grew up too fast, too uh, damn fast. I'll tell you what, I swear he was only like this big like a couple of years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he's um, yeah. So starting starting prep next year and and uh,
0: just don't break things like that he does.
1: I make like no arms problem. and he's already broken his arm. We talking about? Yes, <laughs> no, I mean broke. no more. He broke his swinging on the monkey bars and what have you. He broke his arm. He fell out of bed. <laughs> so I've seen the pictures <laughs> of how he sleeps, and I'm not surprised. Know, right? that no, he's fallen out of bed. <laughs> He's sleeping upside down and sideways and across, and with your head on the clothes basket <laughs> off the end of the bed. Oh uh, yeah, he does some good tricks, I tell you. He's uh...
0: it's not comfortable. It's not.
1: He's nearly going on as fast as these bloody sea monkeys he got for Christmas.
0: Ah, how yeah. are they doing?
1: They're, they're, they're obviously they're like they're a little krill or something, but like brain they're shrimp. actually shrimp, Yeah, they're actually like getting pretty big. Like you can see him. Just straight up, you don't <laughs> to really use a magnifying glass anymore. You remember mm.
0: when they were all in the comics?
1: Yeah. Every yep. every comic you bought had sea monkeys. Them sea monkeys I in had them. a couple of sets of them over various, yeah, over two or three years I had a few of them. Never did. So, I don't, uh, what, you, uh, no, you can't there see
0: There he is. <laughs> Head <laughs> off the end of the bed.
1: Not only off How do you sleep like that? Oh, somehow, I don't know where that pillow came from. Somehow he's got my pillow <laughs> out of my room, put on top of the clothes basket. <laughs> well, if it works, it works, right? Oh, he's a classic.
0: I should probably give a little plug. Amiga Addict magazine uh, issue number two is out. So if anybody's got an Amiga. Likes all the old retro stuff. They did an interview with DMA Designs all about making lemmings, which is pretty cool. And they had Amiga Bill last time. He's well-known in the Amiga. Uh, I think he does a lot of um, YouTube videos and stuff. So he was on the front of the first issue, but this one's all about lemmings and DMA Designs and stuff. So I got mine. It was £4.50, whatever that relates to. But $37, um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> PayPal does all the <laughs> conversions, so I don't worry about that stuff. It's just like, here's my money, give me the Amiga cool stuff. So they talk about all the new games and programming systems coming out and all that, it's just like all the old Commodore user magazines or Amiga user and Amiga format that used to get back in the day. Yeah, it's I all... didn't because I didn't have an Amiga, so...
1: Oh, I kind of um, I was actually watching a guy on uh, on YouTube the other night. Using the MIDI synth uh, for the Commodore uh, 64s, yeah. And um, he in his background of one of his videos. Hi, ah, shush. In his background of his one of his videos. Actually, this is the video here. Um, you can see like he's he's using the Commodore 64 as a MIDI synth. But if you look yep. in the over on the right hand side, down the bottom, he's got an Amiga 500 sitting next to a Commodore 64 with a CRT oh. And that's how <laughs> that was how my setup used to be. I used to have a two-way switcher where I could switch between them. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. I brought back memories. It's actually What's his really name? this is um Ep, Ep Espen Craft E S ah. P E N K R A F T. He um basically goes through and teaches you how to use the synthesizer module um the Mosaic. Card. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. And, uh, I it's,
0: saw somebody posted on Twitter today that they did a video on using the synthesizer, but he wasn't a musician like this guy, so he's like, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> or how to make music, but I made sound come out of it, so that's good.
1: So on the Commodore 64, that's the screen nice. of the synthesizer. that's really good and, graphics. And then once you've got the sound you want, you patch it down to the keyboard and you play it through the keyboard. Yep. Um, he uses a joystick to all these numbers and stuff, that here he uses a joystick to adjust... The numbers yep. up and down and left and right and whatever, and um, and it goes through and it's got you know different options of things you can do, um, you know preset instruments and stuff like that. But you've got sequences and monosynthesizers and bass lines. But then at it the end of like it, obviously, all, of
0: the, all the different versions of Moog.
1: See his Commodore sixty four. There's two audio chips. He likes the eight five eight zero. He reckons that's the better sounding chip. Yeah. Yep. Um. And then after that, yeah, he goes through and. Pushes it all across into his into his workflow and records all the tracks and comes out with music at the end of it. Nice. And it's um. Need to check that one out. Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff. Links um, in the show notes, right, Mister T? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah, but he's got a lot of stuff. But I actually just came across his because. I saw the, I saw the uh, the Commodore and the Amiga in the bottom corner. I'm like, hey, I used to have that set up. <laughs> but the one thing that did come of this was the musical keyboard for the Commodore 64 that I'd completely forgotten about. Um, one that's a uh, overlay on the keyboard. Yeah, and I hadn't until I saw this clip. I actually had one of these, and I oh. I had completely forgotten that I had one of these. Um, but yeah. That's that's the overlay you could use as part of the MIDI synthesizer as well. You could play on the actual keyboard as part of the overlay. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I sucked at music, so I didn't know, but there was a few things. The incredible keyboard. <laughs> I wish I had kept it because it was in the box and everything. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was weird how all this stuff just randomly appeared on my, fa- on my YouTube even though I've never searched for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like Facebook; it knows what's in your head. Don't worry about it. This is fine.
1: Uh, so yeah, so we've all had interesting retro retro weeks.
0: <laughs> I'm just waiting for my new M2 hard drive to arrive.
1: Yeah, one
0: terabyte. You won't know yourself. Straight into the keyboard, so I'll have two M2s
1: in there soon. Yeah, they're they're uh, a bit. They're fast. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Well, I've got. How fast can you load load up Minecraft? Or seven days to die? Um, well, it's funny. You you, you, you the decompiling of the program becomes a bottleneck now. Yeah. Like I when I load up seven days to die, or I load up this new mod new mod pack we've got, it still takes me a minute or two to load that it. Mod but pack <laughs> takes so long to load. I watch the. I watch. Like it. join server, and it just sits there. It's almost like it's a predetermined load time because I sit there and I watch my system properties and my hard drive's at like 1% and my CPU's at like 3% and my RAM's at like 5%. Like, nothing's working. It's just literally sitting there. (laughs) It's like the program's got this timer in it that goes, no, you're going to wait 60 seconds no matter how (laughs) fast your system is. You don't Mm. even get
0: a Pong game or anything.
1: No. But I have noticed, though, that uh, my Windows boot time, because I've got them rated because I record... Obviously, I'm recording this show whilst I'm streaming and stuff like that, so I'm I'm using the hard drives. But I didn't need to raid them. Like realistically, OneDrive would have been fine. I'm only at, when I'm they're raided like this, recording in in um, full HD in raw format. I'm using three <laughs> percent
0: of my hard That's drive speed. So, I, <laughs>
1: so I probably should have just not even worry about raiding them and turn you know and just had two storage drives instead of a, a double C drive in in raid. So. But uh, Keep your raids for Twitch, son They're good though, they're good <laughs> And we now also have Extra episodes of Aussie
0: Tech Heads Just for Patreon, so sign up if you want to access those If you're already a subscriber You should receive an email when we upload them If not, log on to Patreon and watch us As these
1: people have done The people are literally just Coming uh, on the screen I, That are coming on the screen You, 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 you went too soon Anyway, we've got Kate, we've got bouncing uh, our Girl, We have Daniel and Amanda, we have David Bird, we have Chris, we have several others we'd like to thank as well who wish we to remain private, and we also have um, Andrew G. Andrew G. Of course, who is paying through PayPal, which is another option. Or there's yeah. uh, Kofi as well, which you can figure out how to spell. And uh... now we're not we're not sure if we're going to do a weekly Patreon special. <clears throat> So we do have a special, up, and if you're a patron, you would have got a notification about it. If you're not, you should have been watching the stream, because so I gave you a teaser trailer on the stream. Um, but yes, there is a special, what we call Aussie Tech Roundup, which is an evolving show at this stage. We're not 100% set on format or timing. It will be roughly a 10 to 15 minute show, that much we know. Um, we can keep it that short. If, That's if, the but, hard part. It's not talking <laughs> too much. In, in theory, right. it'll be a 10 to 15 minute
0: show. So many episodes over the last 10 years and we're like, there's no news to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And then the show's gone for an hour and a half and we're like, oh, we, we, should, we should probably stop now. It's only supposed to be an hour show. Yeah. What are we talking well, about? I, Aussie, don't, I don't know. The
1: funny thing is when Ozzy Tech had started, it was only a 20 minute show. Ah. <laughs> so as it's got older, it's got longer. Um, but yeah, so this Where's was, the Aussie
0: big head? Wasn't he around?
1: He was. Um, so, Aussie Tech Roundup. Basically, it's going to be a um, Australian tech, uh, in different Aussie Techheads. Aussie Techheads will often go into a lot of detail about it. We'll explain stuff, things like that. This will be just a quick, interesting story, maybe a thirty-second sort of have say something about it. Then move on to the next story. Be much more compact. We're going to try not to overlap. Stories as much as possible, um, and there'll probably be a few little fun things in there for the Patreon. I don't want well. to pay to hear the same story again. No, and it, it'll be a slightly <laughs> different format, so there'll be a few other little treasures in there for Patreons as well. Which, yep. you know, which if unless you're and a Patreon, some... you need to be a Patreon, so you just go to slash Aussie Techheads, and then you can sign up, and be a Patreon, <laughs> and get the
0: special Patreon episode.
1: That's it, Patreon. So. <laughs> And, uh, Andrew, if you're listening, buddy, um, if you do want to have access to it, because you are PayPal, you are paying a fee, so, you know, good enough. Let me know and I'll shoot you a link to the episodes. Ep- episode currently, but, you know, we're probably going to try to shoot for, like, two a month, but that that's up in the air at this stage. Yeah. So there you go.
0: Should we get into some news? <laughs> Why not?
1: <laughs> Let's do something different on a news show.
0: The New South Wales <laughs> government has opened tendering for a gigabit fibre network to provide high-speed, reliable internet services to Wambone, Baiwong, and Sutton in the state's southern tablelands. You made
1: those up, right?
0: <laughs> the network, which is slated for rollout from 2022, will be first piece of major infrastructure delivered under the government's $400 million regional digital connectivity program. <clears throat> The program first announced with a budget of $50 back in 2017, but later bolstered with additional funding aims to improve telecommunications infrastructure in underserved regions of the state. Connectivity gaps in regional New South Wales were highlighted in the government's most recent state infrastructure strategy, which also makes it clear this will continue to widen without intervention. The government has put the digital divide down to a combination of inadequate infrastructure and lack of compelling commercial incentives for private operators. Given the ever increasing demand for digital connectivity, researchers anticipate that without intervention, the digital divide will continue to grow. To remedy this, the government is calling on suppliers to install and operate a fiber-based network to replace the satellite internet service that currently serves serves these three towns. Tender documents reveal the government is seeking a range of proposals from suppliers, outlining multiple solutions, including an all fiber response and a technology innovation response. Suppliers will be expected to both design and construct the fibre network as well as any related backhaul and operate and maintain it. The all fibre response considered the conforming response will consist of fibre backhaul to Canberra, intertown backhaul, a spine network and lead-ins for properties. So hopefully they'll be able to fill in the missing gaps for people who just can't get any good broadband anywhere.
1: But the NBN's perfect, and and there's no need to change it, and we haven't got to spend any more money. The rollout on is one hundred percent complete. <laughs> yeah, they I mean, n- announced that last week. I mean, they haven't actually finished the rollout, but when once they finish the rollout, the the rollout that they've said is one hundred percent complete will actually be one hundred percent complete, even though it's only eighty percent complete.
0: There's only like three hundred thousand <laughs> properties that can't connect all over Australia, right?
1: Uh. That was, that's, um... That like in people who
0: had really good ADSL and now have really
1: crappy NBN. Yeah. but That 300,000 was... Whoops, there goes my mic. That 300,000 was um, not, like, rural and stuff. They didn't count because they were supposedly never connected from the start because they were on satellite, which, even though the satellite's part of the NBN, if you're rural, it's not NBN satellite. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense to somebody somewhere, I'm sure no it, no, it can't It's not possible Nobody made But the thing is that The people who wrote it Thought somebody could make sense of it That's what happened Yep and the people who couldn't figured it was their fault, so they weren't going to say they couldn't make sense of it because they <laughs> couldn't understand it. They're like, well, clearly it didn't get this far without anybody understanding it, so we must be the problem. <laughs> it all sounds like government hyperbole to me, son. Ah, uh, yes, yes, good old government Make it up hyperbole. as you go along and pretend it's all good. That's it, and just pretend you meant that from the start. Unless it doesn't work, in which case somebody else's fault. Yep. <laughs> Whoever's in opposition, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't really matter. New South Wales Police. There you go. There's a whole other story, but this <laughs> particular story is about the uh, they're trialing um, the new electric Hyundai um, Kona. Um, they're putting it in its fleet. Uh, they have they're trialing it for the next twelve months to see how it po- how it performs. Uh, it's being used for Penrith Police for daily patrols, um, community events, all that sort of stuff. Which is kind of pointless because the thing's really fast but anyway it's sponsored by Honda the small SUV doesn't feature the usual crime fighting sirens It's just got distinctive red and blue police livery with a sticker on the side of it it doesn't have lights or anything on it I don't kind of understand what they're trying to achieve but I mean it's long range it's 485 k's roughly to <clears throat> to a charge um, the specs on it are pretty impressive like it's you know they, they're saying their current pursuit vehicles are like the Chrysler 300 SRT which is a 6.4-litre V8 Hemi, 0 to 100 in under five seconds, um, and the BMW 530D, which is a similar sort of, you know, speed vehicle, about, you know, five-ish seconds. This thing can do basically that. Um, a Tesla can do it in half that. Um, it's just kind of strange that they would choose... like what they're doing with it they're literally like running down the shops and buying donuts with it you know that's pretty much what they're doing or they're taking it and putting it in front of a school Uh, sending it to a school for a promo or whatever but it's supposed to be a a long distance EV like you're not doing long distance with it you're not doing any performance with it you're not doing anything that like you're doing a few K's in this thing which wouldn't cost you anything to do in a petrol vehicle anyway I don't understand just because they can (laughs) They can, but you think That's... you think i would go? Hey, look, we'll give you one of these things, but can you at least do something useful with it? Like, you know, <laughs> chase the baddies, or something. Make it at least a at least a squad car. You know, not just a anyway. It's just it's just. Did
0: funny. you see the? I think there was an article I shared today about um, some new battery technology or something. They reckon is going to be super duper fast charge. Uh, and charges faster.
1: As you put in put petrol in the car. Or Here, here's the thing: all these work in the lab. This, this has been a thing for the last ten years. There's all these instant charge and super fast charge and really high high um, capacity battery packs, and and they all work in the lab because they give them the right conditions to work in the lab. You put them into a real world situation, and they just don't work. It's been proven, you know. The te- Teslas, because they have such a complicated battery management, they have active heating, active cooling, they've got all this stuff, and they get the most out of their packs. They've proved it. It's not unusual to see you know, half a million plus miles on these battery packs. Um, because they are so complex, but their complexity allows that flexibility. Most of the EVs, a lot of them don't even have, like the Leaf and the Maiev and and a lot of stuff, like that, don't have active cooling or active heating. It's all done passively, which means the battery pack's restricted to the parameters it can charge in a lot of these packs they're they're spruiking the lithium graphite packs and and things like that are great technology and they work flawlessly in the lab when you give them the exact conditions they want but in a real world they're just not going to they just don't function and the ones that could potentially function in a real world scenario are so cost prohibitive that nobody's going to implement them so yeah you know it's it's Unfortunately, it's one of those things where, yes, this te- a lot of this technology exists, it just either can't be or hasn't been or won't be for quite a while implemented in, into reality. Um, especially given though. that if you're designing an EV now, you're not designing the car for next year's release. The EV you're designing now is a five year plan. Yeah. Like you've already designed this year's and next year's and the years after. So even if this new battery technology becomes available, it's gonna be five years before you even look at putting it into your model, which is five years down the road. So yeah. it's ten years away before today's technology becomes available. So what's gonna be available in ten years? So this yeah. is why that, <laughs> sort of why they don't do it, you know. Never ending chase. It's yeah, it's just constant this you know, like the Nissan Leaf's a classic example, when it came out, it had a twenty kilowatt battery pack which gave it like hundred K range. And then the next one will come out a year later. Exactly the same. All, all and least have exactly the same size battery pack. But they went like 20, then they went like 24 kilowatts, and they went 28 kilowatts, and they went 32 kilowatts. Like every year, exactly the same size pack got more and more powerful, and the, the newest one's 66 or 68 kilowatts. It's over three times the size of the original pack that come out six, eight years ago. You know, and the, then that's just the progression in... in in I guess consumer grade, in you know, relatively cheap um, batteries, mass-produced batteries, the, the the capacity and the life cycle and the durability and that's all increased over these years. And Nissan Leaf went well. We don't need to design a new car. The car itself's fine. They made a few cosmetic changes, and a few bits and pieces, but effectively they kept it the same. And you literally just change the battery pack. If you've got an old car, it's getting the battery packs getting tired and worn out you take it in you spend five grand you get a brand new battery pack that's like three times the range of your original one when, when you got it nice. so it's pretty cool but yeah it's one of those things that the technology is moving f- much an entirely different timeline than the practical we'll application of the day. technology the, the, the two timelines never see each other they're all, <laughs> one's always in front of the other one it's just like <laughs> won't happen overnight <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah, or, or it just won't happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, since
0: we're on the subject of Hyundai, Hyundai Motor, the uh, parent automaker of Hyundai and Kia will task the Kia division with the Apple car work. Hmm. Brand also said on Wednesday it's looking at cooperating with foreign firms surrounding self-driving and electric vehicles. <laughs> Kia made no mention of Apple, though the comment follows reported connections to the Czech giant. Earlier this month, various reports pegged the Apple car as alive and well inside the tech company and said we could see a final vehicle in 2024 at the earliest. A Several report said the company may show a prototype of the vehicle next year. Interestingly, one of the reports last month also named Kia's factory in Georgia as the rumoured home for Apple car production, which coincides with news of Kia's possible involvement in the latest round of rumours. Reportedly, Apple is hard at work on breakthrough EV battery technology and automated driving systems to help usher in a game-changing car. Choosing an established automaker to handle final production seems simple since Apple has zero history of building cars. If you need an example of how difficult it is to build cars, take a look at Tesla's relatively short history in the business. Earlier this month, various reports huh? had pegged the Apple car as alive and well inside the tech company and so we could see the final vehicle at 2024. Separate report said it might be next year. Interestingly, uh, we did that one. Reportedly, Apple is hard at work and uh, hopefully we should see it either next year or 2024. What do you think? I
1: don't know what they meant about Tesla. If it wasn't for Tesla, we wouldn't have any of these EVs. They've only come to market because Tesla pushed the point. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what they mean by that. If they weren't but, there, we'd still be waiting. I mean, there's there's always, ever since cars, <clears throat> you know, since the late 1800s, there's always been electric vehicle options. They've just been very, very killed limited. killed the electric car. Yeah, well, yeah. that's actually really good, a really good story to watch. Um, but there's always been some form of electric vehicle. That usually there's been garbage. It wasn't until Tesla came out that they went, well, hey, hang on. These can be an actual real daily driver car. And
0: people want them. That was the main thing. Yeah. They're always like... We could make electric. Will people buy it? You know, And Tesla's like, here's a car. Buy it. And they're like, oh, (laughs) people want that. And then they're actually buying it. We better make one too. Hey, Fred.
1: They were smart because they went, hey, look, we're making our consumer-grade car that everybody can have. But before we make that, we're making, I can't remember what it was, 600 or something, um, Roadsters. And these are only for the elite people. They're a $2 million car. They don't cost two million. They only cost a million, but we're going to use, sell them for two because we need the startup capital. And there's only 60 of them or however many we've made. And we'll only, number them so you can be like, I got my yep. Tesla number 20. And it's exclusive to people who, you. we're not asking for deposits, we're asking for the full two mil down, put it in front yep. of us, we'll build you a car. And they sold them and all. That, if it wasn't for the balls to do that, Tesla yep. wouldn't exist. But because he did that, he got the they got the fanboys he got the geeks he got the nerds he got the the people who've interested who, who have person calicanus <laughs> yeah exactly you got people who have public push and public you know draw and then once they go hey look we're bringing out a family sedan it'll be out in 2 years time you guys can pre-order give us 10 grand a pop you can all pre-order your cars yep and um and they did because they had this push behind these vehicles because of the ones they'd released it was the smartest thing they've ever done um, and as to car manufacturers not producing electric vehicles or not having a history of producing cars well that's, that's irrelevant a lot of the new car manufacturers that are coming out or electric car manufacturers that are coming out have never produced cars at all they're, they're like tractor companies and they're like you know so it's, it's a whole There's new a world for there. them as well but uh, in saying that yeah look Google toyed with the whole self-driving thing at least 10 years ago if not more now they had the Prius they were they were working with the Prius to make it happen and then they kind of realised well hang on we don't really need to because all we need to do is sell our tech to another company that wants to use tech, it yeah so their mapping services their satellite you know all the technology they had that made this function was their draw card and all the electric car companies all the people who wanted this whether it's electric car or otherwise they bought this technology from, or the rights to this use this technology from Google. So, didn't a
0: lot of it start where they had um, just groups that would try and compete to make mm. a car that would drive through the desert automatically. So, they didn't have to worry about people running across the road and stop signs and speed and yeah. stuff. They just got all these challenges for people who are in science in university and stuff. See if you can make a car that'll travel across the desert by itself.
1: Yep. We'll give you all the tools, all the resources, yep. we'll give you everything you need. The yep. only thing we ask at the end of it is that we get the tech. That's basically was their requirement. And that's that's you know, exactly what happened. And um and then what really took off for them was when there's one guy drove a Prius self-driving across california he made over the bridge and around the off-ramps and he went across it was not uh san, uh, I think it was san francisco yeah yep. he did drove from one end of san francisco to the other and didn't kill anybody and suddenly like you know <laughs> this was the the advent of the self-driving car and all the whether it was the teslas whether it was you know a few of the other ones that have come out since then like rimac's been in it a few of the others have been in it and they've all done At least at the very start, they've all used that technology to start. So, Apple may or may not actually end up fully getting behind this car. They might go to... It was Kia, wasn't it? They might go, hey, look, we're going to give you $100 million and this is the technology we have so far. Put this into your car. Put put our badge on the first one you you release, on the first model you release, and then after that, all we want is, the uh, you know, we just want a certain percentage back on the vehicles yourself using our technology.
0: Kind of like Google with their phones. They get LG to make it. They get yeah. HTC to make yeah. it. Whoever can offer... Just the, call it a Google phone. That's it.
1: Yeah. Whoever can offer the best product that's going to do what they want it to do, they yeah. don't necessarily have to develop them themselves. They just get the key points across that they want to happen. And put their know, name on it. And put their name on it. And then... But that starts the ball rolling then. Because from that point on it doesn't matter like oh Kia developed the first Apple car, then the next car's gonna be fantastic. It could be a piece of crap, but everyone's gonna buy it because they developed the first Apple you know, it's that it's that you know, the snowball effect. So it's really smart. It's really smart. I don't honestly don't expect to see it well, I say that. I didn't expect people to upgrade iPhones every six months either, but hey, what would I know? <laughs> so it's I, I I can see some executive upgrading his iCar with his iPhone and his iTablet and his iPad and his iLaptop and his iHelp. You need ne- to put <laughs> fins on the back of the car so it looks like a new model. You know, that's what I mean. Like, I can see them upgrading every 12 months. It's like it's a package deal. You, yeah. <laughs> you get all this stuff chucked in the boot when you buy a new car. <laughs> like, so, but I, I can't, yeah. I, I don't necessarily expect Apple to necessarily be in it for the long haul, but... To certainly get involved with it and get everything set up, I think is going to work. Well, I have wonders. technology subscription services. You buy one of our cars, you get
0: the technology subscription service for the car. We'll throw an Apple TV, a couple of watches,
1: a couple of iPhone Pros, yeah. bang. Well, I mean, subscription service on vehicle isn't. I mean, it's effectively a lease plan, isn't it? If you're if you're a corporation and you want a business or a company and you want to uh, want a car, you lease a vehicle for three or five years. Uh, and the Tesla whilst some bigger companies do it it doesn't get that done often because it's such an expensive car but if you had something like the one of the keys, which let's face it it's not a luxury car it's, they're not bad they're, they're perfectly fine and they if you've ever seen their la- their latest Kia Carnival man the stuff that they've packed into that is absolutely insane I've driven one of them that oh, was fun the amount of stuff they've got in them is ridiculous um, but The thing is, it's going to be a cheaper car. So for somebody to lease, as far as the business goes, for three years. So now suddenly you're an executive, and every three years, you know, you are getting a new car, and a new phone, and a new laptop, and and you know, as a bundled deal from a from a package deal standpoint, uh, as you say, a subscription service. Effectively, you pay what would effectively be a lease agreement. You know, you pay you a hundred dollars a month or whatever it is, and every twelve months or eighteen months or two years, whenever the next model comes out, they take the old one and they give you the new one.
0: Next mm. minute all the taxis and Uber cars are <laughs> old Apple cars that <laughs> <laughs> executives don't want anymore because they need the newest, latest one. Well, that's what happened with all the gas cars and that, didn't it?
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you won't find a you won't find an Uber or ubers Uber. You still, but you won't find a taxi that's not a. Either a hybrid or an electric vehicle now. Apart from their um, maxi taxis, and even some of those now are starting to be hybrids. Um, you you know because of that exact reason, like you look at the the life of the vehicle versus the running cost over the life of the vehicle, and you can't do better than an electric vehicle. There is no maintenance. Well, I say none. There is very little maintenance on an electric vehicle over the life of the vehicle
0: um yeah very very few exploding engines like what happened to that guy did you see the in the news this week last year this guy i think he was like in his early 20s or something won hundred and sixty thousand dollars sports car and uh got his friends to film him revving the guts out of it to try (laughs) and spin the tires but traction control was very good in stopping that from happening so instead of the back tires spinning a lot the engine blew and all this fire starts coming, and there goes a hundred sixty thousand
1: dollar <laughs> car that you won in a competition. Yep, exactly. Um, um. Yeah, no, it, it's. I mean, yeah, you do get the odd fire, but <laughs> the, statistically, it's far less than a than a. Well, this combustion. wasn't an electric car, but I'm no. just saying. <laughs> I'm saying in, in, in <laughs> EVs you do get the odd fire, but statistically, it's far less than in an internal combustion vehicle. So, yeah, but um, oh, look, I think I think that. The short answer is Apple would be silly to not have a go at this. And so, I mean, the worst thing that happens is they only sell, you know, a few of them and then they become a collector's item and they become worth 10 times more than they were when you bought them in the first place. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it, it can't end badly. The worst thing that happens is they just don't do another one. Yeah.
0: they yeah. have done that before with a lot of things. Apple tried it, didn't hmm. work. Yeah. Well, just throw that one away and start a new thing. The uh, but like Google has kept up with every single thing it's ever made. No, that's right. No, we don't support that anymore. What do you mean? I paid five thousand dollars for this. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Buy another one.
1: What was the the Apple? Um, we we're gonna talk about the other day the palm thing, um, palm Pilot thing they did. Newton, the Newton, <laughs> yeah. Example, eat up Martha, <laughs> example of only... Doing something once. Take a
0: note later. <laughs> Beat up Martin. <laughs> Beat up Martha. Stupid thing.
1: Uh, yep. Simpsons did it. First. <laughs> so, we've been talking on and off for the last few months about this stupid media bargaining code that the government still wants to go ahead with because they're brain dead. Um, so, if you haven't been not aware of what it is, basically... The government go is going to say to... Or Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> so the government is going to say to uh, Facebook and Google and Twitter and Instagram and insert favourite social media site here um, that basically if you link to or promote any news... News, because... Yeah. What is news? Any mainstream media, <laughs> I guess... Uh, reporting to be a news site yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they actually you know have the hide to say we have reporters working for us um but basically yeah if you any any news site or media site or mainstream information site except ABC uh no no, it's no not, they no. said no ABC's gonna get any funding from this yeah but is just not getting any funding at all, but, yeah. Yeah, yes, <laughs> including this.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, like if, if you put an ABC news story, that's fine. Anybody else? We want
2: money. But
1: but basically, what they're saying is that um, yeah. So you you have to pay to not only have the that story on your server, you also pay per click for the person that goes there. Kind of like Google already does, except they want more money. Um, and just the act of actually linking, actively linking to that site costs you money. And then clicking on that site also costs you money. And then if that site's running Google ads, that also costs Google money because they're having ads on the site that have been paid for again. So they're triple dipping. Um, but basically they're all starting Facebook, Google, Twitter, they're all starting to actually come together on this particular uh, thing, and they're basically saying look it's it's one it's one side and it's unworkable um, they're actually going, they're now working with the ACCC they've they've stopped trying to talk to the government because why not if so they're is. basically working with the the ACCC now and they're trying to say look this, this won't work and all that's going to happen if you implement this is you're not going to have any traffic to your news sites because we're not going to pay for it we're just not going to have them um, and they're all doing it for different reasons obviously whether it's funding or whether it's legitimate reasons but the, what they're citing are real world concerns that actually are issues they're saying that you're putting search is at risk you're putting the freedom of information at risk you're putting the chance of somebody finding information is, is being reduced especially because it only applies to Australian news Um, And
0: then what happens after they pay all of this, then the end person still has to pay for a subscription to the news site to read the article once they get there anyway. So there's it's like quadruple dipping or (laughs) fourth wall breaking, people. Fourth wall.
1: Exactly. And it's just getting to the point now where Google and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and another... Actually, not just I should I shouldn't say Google. I should say search engines. So, Google, DuckDuckGo, Bing, Bing, MSN, all these, which is a news company as well, yeah, which don't
0: make no
1: sense. uh, (laughs) All these search engines are going to ban searching for Australian news stories because they're not not going to pay for it. They did test in the last week too. They did, and uh, it it was. (laughs) Okay, so as, uh. this, as we were saying earlier, we're setting up the show for Patreon, right? And we're trying to base it on Australian news. So what happens when search engines block stories about Australian news when you're specifically searching for Australian news? <laughs> <laughs> it makes it incredibly difficult. Um, it took us at least an hour to find, what, we're finding two or three stories each? And most of those were coming from overseas sites via weird links or our direct RSS feeds rather than search engines because we couldn't get in through search engines. And this is just a small example of what's going to happen. Um, and The Australian, little Australian government
0: who thinks he's a little scrapper and is going to
1: take on the big corporate
0: it's multi-international companies. Yeah, good luck with that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and here's the thing, the way that this is being played out, um Google's also been saying that uh the annual economic value it brings um to Australia via so via ad revenue to the media outlets is about 53 billion dollars per year. Um uh, well that's
0: hardly anything is it? <laughs> I mean we should get
1: double that at least. It it sent more than 3 billion visits to Australian news businesses websites. Um, Well, they don't want that. And basically, it estimated about $200 million per, if you average it out, not they're all going to get even share, but if you average it out across even shares across all the news sites, it's about $200 million per site, per news site. Um, But what they're saying is that, uh, where did I just read it? Yeah. Google's already seen a number of news businesses independently. So, on top of what the government has already suggested as a reasonable amount of money, Google's already seen a number of news businesses dramatically increase their demands, in one case, threefold in the amount they need to be paid to have their stuff show up in a search engine. Like, you do realize that is the opposite of the way that this works.
0: You, <laughs> you pay mean the hundreds them... <laughs> of millions that we're giving
1: them from our tax money. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're supposed to pay them to be promoted on Google. Google doesn't pay you to be promoted on Google. (laughs) It's so dumb, but this is becoming a real thing. And getting decent information out of Australia is hard at the best of times. Uh, um, But getting... The problem is it's not just going to hurt. And here's the other thing with this. It's It's a... supposedly uh, opt-in, opt-out. So, a lot of the smaller resources, smaller newspapers, smaller blogs, they've all said, oh, we're going to opt-out. So, the gum went, no, no, no. You can't opt-out. We're just calling it opt-out. But you can't actually opt-out. All it means is if you opt-out, you don't get any revenue from the ads. We we get it instead of you, but you still are behind the paywall. (laughs)
0: Fantastic idea.
1: So... Originally, the thought was, "Hey, it's not going to be a bad thing because the actual, a lot of the small guys, the independents, they're all going to rise to the top." But now they've been blacklisted, so they're not only are they going to stay at the bottom, they're going to stay at the bottom and not get the ad revenue. <laughs> Work Aussie government,
0: you're
1: so, a bunch of heroes. So yeah, so that's absolutely fantastic because we can't get enough people searching for Aussie tech heads as it is. Yep. <laughs> This is going to make it even harder. Too busy watching YouTube reaction videos. Mm. Yes, there's more money in that, apparently. You like opera, right? I love it. Actually, before you start, the story. Oh, so me. The best, yes, Ace. The best um, way when you are doing car install, stereo installs for a living, the absolute best music to test the car audio install and also home theatre is opera. Because it has basically every single level of audio that you could need. Yeah, it's fantastic. All the good. I, mean, I can't stand listening to it, but I love using <laughs> it from a technical point of view. <laughs> and the,
0: the best thing to test out a new TV get a Blu-ray or higher copy of Fifth Element.
1: I have the actually color heard. color range is the best test for anything. I had heard that. Yeah, I've never actually tried. I should try. I've got Fifth Element there. I should try it. I've only watched to, it like ten times. I guess that makes sense though, because it's a very vibrant film compared to a lot of other films. Yeah, a lot of outer space shots, a lot of action shots, a lot of everything. Yeah, there's big contrast in in a lot of the shots, whereas a lot of them, like Matrix, has got a lot of black, and you know, you get then There are a lot of bright colours. Like, there's not this.
0: Well, they put blue tinge on here and a green tinge <clears> on yeah. there, which sort of they're not true,
1: up. not true scenes.
0: <clears throat> Yo-yo Games, the company behind GameMaker, is now part of Opera. Mm. GameMaker Studio 2 is a fantastic platform that allows anyone from a high school student to a pro to create games and then export them from a single code base to various platforms, including desktop, mobile, web and consoles. This means that whether you're an advanced developer or beginner, you can use GameMaker Studio 2 to create your next 2D game. Opera GX is a browser built for games with features that include countless customization options, sound effects, background music, a in gaming-inspired design, as well as CPU, RAM, and network bandwidth limiters. GX is less resource hungry and there leaves more of the computer's resources for gaming. Looking forward, Opera has big plans for Yo-Yo Games and Game Maker. Together with Opera GX, Game Maker will form the cornerstone of Opera Gaming, a new division focused on expanding Opera's reach and capabilities within the gaming space. Today's news signals the start of an exciting new journey. One that we we'll believe will unlock many exciting possibilities for developers and educators. YoYo Games will continue to be based in Dundee, Scotland and general manager, Stuart Poole and technical lead, Russell Kay will both remain with the business. We're very excited to start working with the team at YoYo Games said Christian Calandra, EVP browsers at Opera. We see the platform as being an ideal acquisition to complement our global ambitions in gaming, along with our Opera GX gaming browser. We look forward to further growing Opera GX and to driving the growth of game maker, making it more accessible for novice users and developed into world's leading 2D game engine used by commercial studios. We're also thrilled to find future synergies between YoYo Games products and Opera GX. Shua Poole, the general manager of YoYo Games said, it's been clear to us from the first time we spoke to them that the whole of the team at Opera is incredibly passionate about games. Since joining them last week, the positivity and creativity we are seeing from them has been overwhelming. We've always had a big plans for improving Game Maker across all platforms, both from the perspective of improving accessibility and further developing the features available to commercial studios. And now we can't wait to see them arrive much sooner.
1: Yeah, I, um, I was actually playing a bit with this at work today. It's really, it remind, I mean, it's perfect timing. Um, they've just killed Flash, and they've killed millions of little fun, quick, easy-to-play games. Yeah. So this is the perfect sort of recovery from that. Yeah. Um, it's so customizable. It's really lightweight, too. Like, it runs really quick, even on a slow system. And if you've got a really fast system, you can throttle your CPU and your RAM so you can emulate a slower system. So if you are designing a game, you can see how it runs on the slower system. Ah, nice. Um, it's 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 really cool. Yeah, I'm quite quite happy with the way a lot of it's um the way a lot of it's actually you know panning out. I'd never never heard of it previously. It's the first time I've actually heard of it. But um yeah, uh, I'm quite impressed with what I can... It kind of reminds me of um was it Unity? Mm-hmm. The other was that that was it, I think. Like Unity, Unreal, and this one. Yeah, and I think Unity, Unreal was a three D one. I think Unity was two D. I think Unity is three D, but you can make two D. Make two D, yeah. Um, but pe- from what I understand, people are preferring this over Unity, saying this is a far better um, variant, far better option. So I
0: actually did a little game back way, must have been like ten years ago in Yo-Yo Games platform just for uh, I did a web version of a game it was quite fun I just a little spaceship with some asteroids coming and some bonus things spinning around you had to collect all of those while dodging the asteroids and I did a little thing for my daughter to make it funny the spaceship I put her inside the spaceship because I clipped it out of a photo that I had and instead of collecting the coins or whatever spinning across the screen it had my face so you had to collect the daddy <laughs> I like he's about, like oh daddy's in the game and so am i yeah <laughs> when you're five years old that's quite good fun
1: <laughs> yeah the other thing i like about it too is that the um obviously opera has got its own um extension store but it's fully compatible with the chrome extensions as well so if you've got your favorite chrome extensions they work is flawlessly in, in opera as more well secure so. in a
0: free vpn too right
1: yep <laughs> i don't see a reason to not have it honestly um, other than the fact I can't bother talking my data across, which is a mega issue. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's literally a one-click thing, but I just can't be bothered. Click. Import so. stuff from another browser. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Uh, screw that. Yeah, it's too hard. Too easy, too easy. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's too easy, yeah. yeah.
0: If I'm going to spend time doing something, I want to make it sure there's a bit of an effort in me.
1: <laughs> so, well, speaking of um, first in browsers, Brave. Uh, becomes the first browser to add native support for the IPFS protocol. Oh. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> um, re- <laughs> <laughs> and on to the next story. Did you know- <laughs> so it was released in 2015. IPFS um, stands for Interplanetary File System. Uh, it's a, a classic peer-to-peer protocol similar to BitTorrents designed to work in a decentralized storage system's uh, allows users to host content distributed across hundreds or thousands of systems, which can be public gateways or private nodes. Users who want to access any of the content may um, must enter a URL in the form of IPFS slash whatever. Um, under normal circumstances, users would download the content from the nearest node uh, or gateway rather than a central server. However, this only works if they have IPFS uh, desktop app or desk top app or browser extension. Wow. Um, Brave says that the version 1.9 users will be able to access URLs that start with IPFS uh, directly from the browser, with no extension needed, and Brave will natively support it uh, going forward. So some major websites like Wikipedia have IPFS versions users in uh, oppressive countries, So, which Australia is fast becoming, can now use Brave's new IPFS support to go... around National Firewalls. So, yay. So, basically, now, if you go Brave, you not only don't get ads, uh, you don't get yep. tracked because it has a VPN, you also get BitTorrent straight from the browser. And you can also pay people's websites using crypto back tokens. Yep. So, Brave is definitely becoming very, very quickly a very high... I mean... Might it, have to switch. I, I haven't installed... Um, I do use it, but it's one of it on my phone. Yeah, it, it's one of those things I d- just don't find myself because I've got everything in Chrome. Like love it or hate it, that's where my infrastructure is because that's where I've got everything. You know, I've got the extensions I want to do what I want. I've got the passwords all saved. I've got all my sites cached. I've got yeah. You know, <laughs> and is it great? No. Is it secure? No. Is it fast? Well, yeah, okay, it's fairly fast, but. I would much prefer to not be using it, but I'm so sort of down the rabbit hole with it now that... (laughs) Yeah. And I've already got an Oprah account that I use. Our store at work uses the Oprah account for that. So there's one Oprah account. Um, We have the Firefox account, which is our other store's account. Then I've got the Chrome I use Canary, and then my wife uses Chrome. So... We've got four browsers already on the one system to run four separate accounts because heaven forbid you actually want to have two accounts on the same browser yep. um that. <laughs> and so Brave's just gonna add another you know another one to that, so uh I should really do it, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's complicated. <laughs> you know that status that comes up and it says, what's your relationship? Well, it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> so. How much time we got now? I haven't been uh, 54 minutes we've been recording for. Been streaming for three hours. So those people who didn't join us on the stream earlier, yeah. no excuse. None at all. Federal Communication Commission's repeal of net neutrality rules, which
0: had required internet service providers to offer equal access to all web content, took effect on Monday. The rules enacted by the administration of Barack Obama in 2015 prohibited internet providers from charging more for certain content or from giving preferential treatment to certain websites. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai has called the Obama rules uh, heavy-handed and mistake, but now he's gone. So we don't have to worry about those things anymore, right?
1: (laughs) That's how it works, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. They'll try and roll it all back and hopefully they'll uh, get back to something decent instead of charging people out the wazoo for stuff and just order through a quick one.
1: No, it would have the opposite effect. It would now mean that you can charge the people who want more twice as much as the people who don't want as much. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works, isn't it? (laughs) something like that
0: (laughs) and also a quick one i'll throw in the recently updated website for president joe biden's white house carried an invitation for tech specialists sadly enough to find it hidden in the html code on www.whitehouse.gov was an invitation to join us digital service a technology unit within the white house if you're reading this we need your help building back better the message said former president barack obama launched the service in 2014 to recruit technologists to help revamp government services, for example, by modernizing Medicare's payment system or reforming hiring practices across government agencies. Tech specialists join the digital service for typically one or two years. So if you read the source on the page...
1: know it took them, what, for a job. five years to find it? Yeah. So clearly, how, <laughs> many, how many people go to that website? <laughs> um. Nobody. Um, So you speak Sticking with internet Anti-Facebook MeWe Social network Adds two and a half Million new members In a week So It's pretty short It's basically Self-explanatory They've been sitting around Since 2016 It took them uh, What It took them Four years To get Nine million um, Users And then It took them a week To get another two and a half (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> so but um <clears throat> that's basically because they, they booted out uh whatever it's called Plenty or whatever the thing was. What was it? That other one that is social networking site that is shut down. I'm complete blank, can't think of it. Signal. Or te- oh, right. Telegram. So basically they're saying it was not um uh WhatsApp data privacy changes and stuff like the breaches effectively which Uh, you know which bumped up these guys because they're secure apparently so they say (laughs) but our good old buddy at Kogan wrestling needs a slap on the wrist which is really all he got because he got a $310,000 spamming fine yep (laughs) so he spent okay he spent he sent more than 42 million emails that did not feature an easy unsubscribe. Well, they did. Every single one of them had unsubscribe at the bottom of it. Wherever well, one I got, anyway. But anyway, apparently he sent 42 million emails that did not feature an easily unsubscribe function. Let me just bring up... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Must be the night for coughs. So, I have a calculator here if I've pressed all the right buttons. So, he's got 42... Two million, forty two thousand, forty-two million divided by three hundred and ten thousand. So each one of those emails cost him hundred and thirty-five dollars. Oh how much he needs more a cheaper provider. How much more money do you reckon he made than hundred and thirty-five dollars? Thousands. exactly that's my point like it's really it's a it's a just a loose change down the back it's of like, the like sort these of deal. big
0: tech companies they're like <laughs> you ripped off your customers 33 million dollars for that the court orders you to pay five hundred thousand. yeah
1: oh well we'll never do that again <laughs> yeah
0: You're you right. only made 32 and a half million profit
1: well, I mean, okay, it has probably hurt them a little bit because last month they got fined 350000 for misleading customers by inferring, by inflating the prices of products and then promoting discounts. Yeah. So, like, every other retailer in the world got away with it, but apparently Kogan got in trouble for that. Uh, but once again, I mean, here's the deal. So, let's say you did bump every price up by 10%, you then offer 10% off everything, you're still selling everything at full retail price, you must have sold, according to the little pop-up that comes up every three seconds on Monkogan, they're selling, <laughs> you know, items very, very fast. Somebody
0: in South so, Victoria
1: bought, <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, they've got to have made more than it's cost them. Like, it's kind of one of those things, you know. Like the ACMA yep. alerts put business as notice, address customer concerns, we investigate under the law. Uh, we acknowledge that Kogan fully com- uh, cooperated with AMSA in and investigation took actions to update their unsubscribe feature. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and that has made it one font size small, bit larger. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> there yeah. it is. It's there. Now you can stop complaining. Yeah. Um, but here's what I don't understand. And this is the part that confuses me about this whole process. Apparently, now, you're not supposed to send cold calling emails. You can only... Under the the, because well, we get this notice all the time through work because we store email addresses. You can only send uh, updates and notifications to existing customers um, if it's like a, you know a change of owner or change of business details something like that. Without their permission, you can't send the marketing material without their permission. Mm-hmm. So all our all our transactions at work have a slider saying yes or no to marketing. Um, and they'll get like two emails a year. One of them's like a Merry Christmas thing saying here's 10% off and then one's like mid-year, just an update. But a marketing one's only go to the people who tick yes, which you don't have to on Kogan. You can say don't opt into marketing material and they won't. But here's the thing I don't get. They're saying that to unsubscribe, you had to either log into your account and if you didn't have an account, you had to create an account to log in. So my question is: If you don't have an account, then how are you receiving? How are you getting? I, I would be, if I was the the ACMA, instead of going crook at them for having an unsubscribe button that's too small, I would be saying, "Hang on a minute, how are you getting details of customers who don't have an account with you? How did they subscribe
0: to something <laughs> that would if be they don't have
1: the account? my concern? That's kind of where I'd be coming from." <laughs>
0: <laughs> All I can think of Maybe it's
1: one of those Sign up here for our newsletter Type in your email address And, not that I've and click noticed. the I accept As far as I know it, It's only on they on don't account creation No they don't have a Well not that, I, uh, not that I've seen uh, But they hang on They do have affiliates Like for example Dick Smith is a Kogan affiliate it's
0: Just the same website With a different it is, theme
1: on it, it
0: I, People this week are like why is Dick Smith electronics selling converse this week and you get ads for shoes and stuff? Are you like Yeah.
1: But that's what I'm wondering if maybe when you like, if you go to the Dick Smith website and buy something from there for example then you get ads from Kogan? You get ads from Kogan because they're pretty much the same company, you know what I mean? So maybe yeah. it's something like that. Oh, they've got the Atlas convertible on sale for 300. Wow, that's cheap. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Kogan spam, <laughs> they've got the the convertible 11.6 laptop with Windows 10 Pro. You know the convertibles that flip fully. Yeah, inside yeah. Out? yeah. Normally 429 down to 299 for back to school special. That's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's what you needed for your son, right? <laughs> no not this year no he's only a prep this year i bet you next year though i bet you he'll need a bloody laptop for next year it's a year. back
0: to school deal so <laughs> if you need it oh this is for my son yeah you know
1: what i actually want to get i want to get the kogan ultra freeze ice cube maker it's 140 what? bucks and it makes it makes 100 ice cubes an hour <laughs> <laughs> i want that so bad do i want that <laughs> I'm sick
0: and tired of filling
1: ice trays. <laughs> I don't want a fridge
0: that does it. I've seen so many things where no wrong. somebody's gone on holidays for like five weeks, they come back and there's been a leak and suddenly the whole fridge is full of ice.
1: Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I've had it happen. That's why I don't have a freezer that has it built in. But I want a separate unit that sits on the counter so that when I go away, I can turn it off. But when yeah. I want it, it produces ice when I need it. Because <laughs> there's nothing. We've got a chest freezer. ice. Yep. So, to get into the chest freeze, you have to pull everything out from the top to get to the stuff underneath it. So, you've got these ice cube trays that are liquid, and you yep. look in the chest freeze and go, hey, Well, I can't get in there for the next six hours. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. So, if you've got a Kogan, um, Kogan spam email, um, click on it and see what they've got. Basically, because yeah. who knows what you're going to find? You find lots of cool stuff. Usually good. I will say they've got their what are I calling it? Their vop or something or other now. All oh, um, right. Yeah. <clears throat> is that the it, thing where you can buy the thing before it exists at a cheaper price? No, uh, first it's called. Yep. So if you get the first, it gives you free shipping. And so here's something like Apple AirPods, for example. So the regular price is three ninety nine. They're currently on sale for three fifty, but if you're a first customer, actually it's three fifty plus shipping. If you're a first customer, they're on sale for three dollars nine with free shipping. There you go. And first is only fifteen dollars a month. So Just like re- Amazon Prime or something. Yeah. So, but it seems to be actually a better a better deal for fifty. Oh, no, it's twelve. It's like twelve ninety five a month. So, on that one purchase, you, you've saved like a hundred bucks. Just by yep. spending nineteen bucks, and um, surely you are going to buy more than one thing a month from Kogan. Yeah, I mean, every time I want something small, even you know, little random stuff like a um, portable phone charge or an SD card or a USB cable, I, I just get, nine times out of ten, I either go to Amazon or Kogan these days. I almost never use. Don't anything. order uh, furniture <laughs> if you live at Rabina. Or <laughs> well, don't order. Um, uh, what was that thing I saw on Facebook that? Oh, <laughs> someone was saying. Um, I've discovered a, I've discovered a downside to marijuana. He said, the problem is what I thought I ordered was a big ice cream sundae. Turns out it was a, an inflatable double bed. He <laughs> thought it was an Eskimo pie. <laughs> in the photo, it looked like an Eskimo pie with the uh, layers of ice cream. And, and it, it rocked up. He goes, wow, well, this is a big Eskimo pie. And he <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> oh. There's a lot of
0: drunk purchases <laughs> that Amazon make a ton of money from. Oh, dear. So. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Heads Show broadcast weekly. We can be found at facebook.com slash aussie twitter.com slash aussie heads, and youtube.com slash aussie heads. Also now at patreon.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Sign up for $4 a month, $10 a month, or from several other tiers. See the site for details. Don't forget we have extra episodes of Aussie Tech Heads called Aussie Tech Roundup just for Patreons. Sign up if you want to access those. If you're already a subscriber, go check it out. And coffeecom slash Aussie Tech Heads, K-O-F-I. Make a one-off donation of any size. You can email us, Warlock at aussietechheads.com.au. And you can hear Aussie Tech Heads on AussieTechRadio.com 24-7, back-to-back play of some of the best shows, tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand, new shows added each Friday. See you next time.
1: Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye.